Assalamu alaikum dear listeners and welcome to CIC's podcast channel. In this series, Sheikh Akram will explore the profound teachings of Imam Nawawi, one of the most revered Islamic scholars of our time. His collection of 40 hadith encompasses a treasure trove of guidance and timeless wisdom. So get ready to be inspired and motivated. Now the next hadith, Al-Hadith al-Sabi'ah, An Abi Ruqayyata Tamib ibn Awasri al-Dariya radiallahu ta'ala anhu, An Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal, Ad-Deenu al-Nasiha, قلنا لمن يا رسول الله لمن قال لله ولكتابه ولرسوله ولأمة المسلمين وعامتهم رضاه مسلم تميم نعوص الدعي رحم الله تعالى نرس رضي الله تعالى عنه that the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said الدين النصيحة دين النصيحة نصحة basically means you know to make something pure to that نصيحة to you know like you extract things from some like you extract the honey you know purely that because uh, that's a, that's a nasiha to making something purely and nothing no dirt is attached with that the nasiha the deen nasiha you know sincere advice and sincerity uh, we ask for who allah who allah the messenger to so allah uh, messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam for allah to what is sincerity for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whenever you make any decision whenever for for the allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it must be sincerely done not looking for your own interest whenever you say something on behalf of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for example many muslim rulers Whenever they make any policy in their country, they are not sincere to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are not doing things sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are doing to please someone else. They are not doing to please their Lord. So when a Muslim should have nasiha for Allah first, whenever you do something, think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is it going to please him or not? I am doing for Allah or for someone else? For Allah. And second thing is, wal kitabi and his book. Whenever you do any teaching, just think really, this teaching is going to affect the Quran? People should be more sincere for the Quran than anything else. If anything that can affect the Quran and make the Quran lower, it, is not, it cannot happen for a Muslim. Muslims should make the Quran, you know, superior and they should be preferred over anything else. To for the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wali rasuli and for his messenger. You know, no doubt really. Any habit, any culture that differs from the way of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi Muslims should not be sincere for that. You know, don't support anything which is good from the, against the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi He used to eat with the right hand. If some people are teaching you to eat with the left hand, don't support them. Your sincerity should be, your loyalty should be to Allah the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Do you know how he used to eat, how much he used to eat? If anybody teaches you something different from that, your loyalty should be, your love should be for Allah the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sincerity for him, sincere and, and, and sincerity and loyalty and love for Allah the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. His sunnah should be more beloved to you than a way of any other people. Because any way other than his way is not pure. And his way is pure way. To eating with the right hand and you know and similarly eating the right things and how he used to eat from the nearest part of, his, uh, of the plate and all other sunnah how he used to walk and how he used to enter into the mosque all the sunnah of the Prophet no way of anybody can be better than the way of the Prophet Muslimin and also sincerity for the leaders of Muslims so now leaders of Muslims like you know many ulama and those people whenever you know you should not prefer any other leader over your own leaders and whenever you make anything for your community, it should be in a way that it becomes, you know, more sincere for, for, for your leaders. The Muslims should actually always keep thinking about their own leaders, وعامتهم, and common people. Think about common believers. Whatever you make, whatever you do, how it is going to benefit my community. Don't make your own interest. Don't think about your own interest. Whenever you make something, when you do any policy, anything, always think really how it is going to benefit your community. Common Muslims, not your own selfish interests. So these are the sunnah of the Prophet uh, This actually Imam Abu Dawud has said, this is one of the, uh, uh, Imam Abu Dawud says in Hadith, 
This hadith is one of those four hadiths on which the fiqh is established. Imam Muhammad ibn Aslam Tusi says, This hadith is one, of the, one quarter of, the, of this religion. Somebody asked Abdullah al-Barq ta'ala, Ayyul a'mal afdal, which action is the best one? He said, being sincere for Allah, that is the best action. Fudail ibn Iyad rahimullah said, Ma adraka indana, man adraka bekathati salati wa siyam, wa inna ma adraka indana, besakhail anfusi, wa salamati sudur, wa nusharilum umma. Fudail ibn Iyad rahimullah said that nobody has reached among us to the highest stage by plenty of fasting or by plenty of the prayer. No, people have reached to the, those stages by generosity of their souls, by peace of their heart, and also by sincerity for, for, for this ummah. And that why Salaf used to say that Salaf, whenever Salaf, people of the Salaf, they used to advise anybody because the sincerity basically, because when somebody does, one of your friend does a mistake, sincerity means that you are going to correct him, not to criticize him, not to laugh at him, not to mock him. You, sh- you should be interested in how to reform him, how to beautify him. So Salaf used to say that, you know, if anybody, their way was that if anybody does a mistake, always advise the person in secret. Nobody sees. If somebody has done a mistake, get to that person when he's alone and then advise him properly. And then he said, they say, Man akha, man akhahu bainahu wa bainahu If anybody advises his, 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 his friend or his brother between him and him, no, no third person there, then it is nasiha, it is sincerity. Anybody who advises the people in front of other people, they did not advise, it is not sincerity. It is basically mocking the people, it criticizes the people. To always think right there, if any of your brother or any sister, they do any mistake, find right time when they are alone and tell them rightly, nicely. If they listen to that side, they don't listen, don't worry. But don't make people know that their secret. Don't make people to know their fault and don't make people to laugh at them or mock them. Imam Islam said one of the great Shafi Faqih, if Allah wants any good for anybody, then he will bring to that person someone who can advise him. You know, make things clear. When Allah wants something evil for someone, then he will make for him bad companions. And bad companions say, no, you are right, you are better. Don't listen to those people. So, you know, think really, if anybody who wants to purify you, who wants to beautify you, who wants to improve you, they are your sincere friends. Those people who want to praise you and they want to keep you as you are, they are not sincere for you. They are your bad companions. They want to basically, they are basically doing the same job what shaitan, shaitan does with the believers. Al-Hadith al-Thamin. Anibn Umar dillahu ta'l'anhuma anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal umirtu an uqatil al-nasa hatta ishadu an la ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammad Rasulullah wa yuqimu al-salata wa yutu al-zakata fa idha fa'alu thalika عصموا مني دماءهم وأموالهم إلا بحق الإسلام وحسابه على الله تعالى. The Prophet said, "I have been commanded to fight people until they bear witness, declare that there is no ilah other than Allah, 
and that Muhammad sallallahu messenger and that they established the prayer. They pay the zakat. When they have done this thing, they have protected from me their bloods and their properties, except with the right of Islam, and their hisab will be on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To no doubt, shahada itself is enough to protect the life of the people and their property. But in Islam, actually, we need some proof in practice. Because you know, there are certain things in Islam they are so important that it is impossible to believe somebody as a believer without those things. And these two things are salah, the prayer, and the zakah. So when somebody becomes a believer, these are two things first will do. do. That's why the companions, they used to consider anybody who does not pray as unbelievers. And that's why you can see Muhammad and many people of the, of the hadith, they believe that anybody who misses any prayer intentionally, that person becomes a kafir. Opinion of Muhammad and many people among Sahaba and Tabi'een and many people of the hadith, the opinion is if anybody misses one single prayer intentionally, then that person becomes a kafir. Imam Shafi says, if somebody misses a prayer intentionally, he does not become kafir, but it is becomes obligatory on the Muslim state to kill that person. It is such a major crime that people should be killed for that purpose. If somebody misses one single prayer. The easiest matter in this matter is Abu Hanifa's opinion. Imam Hanifa says, if anybody misses one prayer intentionally, the dead person must be put in the prison, must be confined to the prison and remain there all his life until he repents and the signs of the repentance become evident. Tell me, we are all we think that Muslims are one billion of this number of the people. Is they kind to this, this category? Anybody believer? Just think really how is, you know, easiest opinion is if you follow Abu Hanifa's opinion, then 90% of Muslims should be in the jail, in the prison. That's the easiest one. It's just the opinion of Hanifa is that people who miss, miss one prayer intentionally, they should be in the prison. That's what he says. Unless that person in, in, repents and the signs of repentance become evident. And that's why at Zakat is also the same thing. Because people didn't, you know, because did not like to make any distinction between the prayer and, and the Zakat. And you know, if a group of the people, they leave the prayer, then everybody said jihad must be done against them. For example, if there is one Muslim locality, a village, they say, no, we are not going to pray then it becomes obligatory on other believers to do jihad against them. If one you know, group of the believers, they say we are not going to pay zakat, it becomes obligatory to do jihad against those people. So, you know, these things are very, very important in Islam. <coughs> Except with the haqq of Islam, meaning is when the people have done this thing, then their life and their property is protected. Except with the haqq of Islam. Haqq of Islam means, for example, if somebody kills someone, then he'll be killed in the qisas. Or if somebody commits zina, you know, somebody who is already married, a married person, if he does commit adultery, then, and if there are four witnesses, or he himself accepted that he has done, then there will be punishment of the rajma. He can be killed. So if these are haqq of Islam, the people still can be killed for, for those. And then their punishment, their hasab will be on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He will make a judgment whether they are in paradise or far off hell. There are another hasab there. But in this world, this is how, how, how things will go. So you can see really that how important Islam, uh, these things are, the, especially the prayer and the giving the zakat. And there are many, many people who don't pay their zakat. There are many, many Muslims who have got their business in running and you know, and they don't know how to pay zakat. They don't know how much obligatory. And the way in Islam is that anybody who does business, that all the money and everything, whatever they are involved in the business, the zakat will be on all of that. For example, if somebody is a, 
selling cars he got the big business of the cars there's a car will be on all his business all the property all the cars that owned by him and used in the business there will be zakat on all of them if somebody has business of the computers then zakat will be on all the computers those are meant for buying and selling there will be zakat on that so you know people don't have under two and a half percent you know as it is similarly according to abu hanifa and many other people zakat is also obligatory on the jewelry of the women golden or silver jewelry anything else the zakat not there but at least gold and silver abu hanifa rahmatullah and many other people they say you know zakat is obligatory so one should learn into this the zakat of the business zakat of the gold and silver and zakat of the, all the savings the money the salary people get whatever they save people should learn because these are important things and there's so much uh, you know reward for paying zakat and there's so much warning in the hadith against those people who not, do not pay zakat then inshallah we'll come later on for the ninth one but before that if there any question please ask Yeah, you know the thing basically is, uh, Imam basically means the proper leader, like Al Khulfa Rashidun, like Abu Siddiq, Umar Al Farooq, Uthman Ali, and also their governors, the people who have been appointed by them. The Muslims everywhere should have full loyalty to those people. But no doubt later, later on the Muslim rulers they become so much corrupt, so we cannot have loyalty for them because many of them they basically they are not proper Muslims even. So that why the ulama say basically, uh, and you know also it has come some from some Sahaba as well from later that in meaning is. That you know, people who are leaders of the Muslim community in the religion, meaning ulama, pious ulama, those who have knowledge properly and the piety. So some people have got piety and knowledge, and then they lead, they they make some some uh, you know some fatwa something like that. Then Muslims should have support for them, sincerity and loyalty for them, and they be with them. That actually the imam. The imams are Muslim basically means religious, pious Muslim figures. Those are ulama. creation of the of the faith. Um, many scientists would use this hadith to say to, to justify abortion for four months and they use the baby for many like sometimes abortion if it jeopardizes the life of the mother they say it's uh, it's valid if, if you if you can take the life of the baby before the four months. But sometimes now they want to use the embryo for stem cells development and things like that. So there's so many ethical considerations. And I wonder what you think about abortion before four months to use the embryo. You know, first actually you understand, you know, even Yunus, one of the great fuqaha of Islam, is student of Imam Tabir, 
and he died in something 310 of Hijra. He says that all the Muslim jurists, they agreed that using any, any, any pills or any medicine which prevents in a pregnancy, conception for, for, for the women, it's not allowed, haram. People are not allowed to use any method which can prevent women to become pregnant. That's not allowed. So first thing keep in mind because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised to give risk for everybody. So you know, Islam did not come to stop people from having children. Islam actually has come to encourage that, to support that. And children actually are one of the great favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So first that keep in mind. But you know, no doubt, sometimes there can be risk in health problems, something like that, or some other problems. So people are allowed, generally people are allowed to use those methods which are not certain. Actually, among, among the uncertain matters which has come in the hadith very often is the word azl. So if people do azl, then it's according to some people is makru, but it's not so haram. Because azl actually is very, very difficult to keep, if any. Azl basically means when people have a relation with their wives, and as soon as they are about to come out, they get out and, you know, they drop their sperm, you know, outside. So who know at that moment who remembers all those things, all those philosophy? So that is very, very unlikely anyway. So this is that still makru it allowed, but anything that preventive, any pill which guarantees, will make sure that there is no pregnancy. That first thing actually is not allowed, except with if there is really purely uh, and very clearly by Muslim doctors health problem for the mother that if she becomes pregnant, it will be risk for her health and her her baby's health. If something like that is very clearly known, that uh, then people are allowed to have those preventive uh, uh, measurements, uh, and even abortion can happen before you know this 120 days if really it is very clear known that this pregnancy is going to harm the, the mother because you know her life is life and this person is, does not have life yet so before 120 days you know jurists allow on only one condition when it is actually more likely more certainty of you know by muslim doctors that the woman is going to suffer but after 120 days even if they basically there is certainty or more likely that a woman is going to die, then they no allow, no, don't allow. Because now you are going to take a life. You are not allowed to you know, take a life for the fear of another life. You are not allowed to do that, that. So after 120 days, nobody is allowed, nobody gives fatwa, then people can have abortion. But before 120, people can have only one condition when it is very clearly known that this pregnancy is going to cost the life of, of the mother. No other things. It should not be something like suspicion of doubt. Is it clear? So it only can allow the abortion only can be allowed before 120 days when it is very very likely by Muslim doctors, honest people, pious people that this is going to affect the health of the mother or her life. That allowed not 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 without that. Is the blood and wealth of such people who do not fulfill the conditions of Hadith number 8, halal, such as not saying the Shahada, praying Salah, and giving Zakat, such as the people around us in this country? You know, the thing basically is one has to understand, you know, Hadith, they have, you know, different, you know, stages in the life of the Prophet. When Muslim community is well established, then we want to protect the, the, the Muslim community and their norms. So this hadith belongs to that period when the community is well established and the values of the society have been known very clearly. Then we have to defend the values of the society. So don't doubt these measures are there. But when people are in those conditions, when the actually Muslims have to in the condition of da'wah, 
then it is not like that. We actually have to ask you to come become Muslim. Not a Muslim, you know, Muslim community is not established. So in our time really, as you know, as many ulama say, that the whole world basically is a world of Darul Da'wah. We are calling people to Islam. In this condition, it is not going to be fatwa to kill the people. In this condition, the fatwa basically will be the how to save people and how to make them Muslim. So this, this hadith of the protection belongs when the Muslim community already established and now you need to protect the values on which the community is based. Chef, are we allowed to eat the food of someone, especially if they're a close family member who earns most, if not all, of their money through uh, early rent? You know, people who are like leaders in the community, like ulama and pious people, imams, they should not eat really in the house of anybody where most of the income is haram because people follow them. But common people, what we advise them is that because, you know, if people lead their relatives, who is going to leave their relatives, who is going to connect them. So what we advise them, you know, if you really think that, you know, if you are, you are attending uh, their, their parties or their, you know, feast or their celebration or, you know, or their walima, it is going to affect the relation and create more problem, then you are allowed to attend because at least some income is halal anyway. And we assume that halal has come to you and haram has been left with him. So let me make it again very clear. For anybody who is imam or leaders of the community, they are not allowed, they should not attend any of those parties in the house of those people where the majority of the income is haram. Because they should make it very clear that we don't want to come to those people. Because listen, but common Muslims, they, they should not do this. And especially if they think really by boycotting some Muslims, there will be more fitna, more problem. So they are allowed to eat and we hope inshallah that what they are eating is from the halal of that person, income of that person, not the haram of the income. Otherwise, you know, who is actually safe? You know, hardly you can find really anybody who is very pure. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is a good question, really. Understand this thing. Revelation is true thing. Whenever a prophet and messenger they receive revelation from Allah through the angels, or even when the prophet and messenger they see something in the vision and the dream, that's a true thing. The messengers and prophets they are protected people. But it also can come that sometimes the people who are not messenger prophet, they are very pious people, sometime in their dream. And sometimes during when they are basically awake, it could happen certain things can Allah can put in their hearts, what we call actually ilham, you know, some, some of those inspiration. That can happen. Some of the inspiration, they can be true and they also can be wrong because there is no, no protection there. So we don't accept these inspiration as a guidance. We don't accept them as evidence and proof of something. But they can be accepted to support something. So for example, once something known already in the religion, and some of these stories can help you to understand this properly. They, they know how to use them. But people should not use them as a proof of something. Because there is no proof. Because you know, some, even the pious people, sometimes they are, you know, they don't see this properly. For example, somebody who is eye, when, you know, the ilham basically like, you know, I think, when people have eyes, sometimes they do mistake in seeing. 
So similarly, people of the ilham inspiration, sometimes they misunderstand. Sometimes they have problem. So that like, you know, one of the great sheikh of India, Maulana Fadul Rahman Gandhi Muradabadi, Rahmullah Ta'ala, who died in the year 1300, three of Hijrah. Maulana Fadul Rahman Gandhi Muradabadi, a very pious person, a link, very long life. Naqshbandi sheikh, great expert of the hadith uh, and the fiqh and big mufti. And everybody in India used to come there and learn from him, Maulana Thanavi. And everybody became his disciple, very far person. But he was also a Hanafi scholar. He was a Hanafi jurist, but you know, very moderate. One of his disciples, uh, Maulana Tajamul Hussain, he was uh, not Hanafi. He was basically from uh, Ahlul Hadith, who do, those who to follow Hadith. So he said to one of them, one of the day, to his disciple, that why you are following you know, this uh, Salafi you know, in Ahlul Hadith way? You know, I have seen in my inspiration, in my ilham, that the only way to is Hanafi Madhab. So he says to him that, you know, even... In, even if you see with your true eyes the, and just come to you and tell you that I am wrong, still I am not, not going to accept from you. Because what I am doing is based on the revelation and you, what you are saying actually is not based on the revelation, it is ilham. Then the shaykh became very happy and said, you are right. People never should make ilham and kashf and the vision of the saint and people like that evidence support. So the, this is the in Islam. In Islam, the proof is only the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ and anybody else understanding of their inspiration or their kashf, they are not proof. But sometimes they can be used as support for something which is already based on some proof. Is it clear? Bismillah rahman rahim <coughs> You know, no doubt really, the da'wah basically is to call people to the path of Islam. And then after that, all those values of Islam, like the prayer, fasting, zakat and hajj, they must be established in the society properly. That the whole purpose is. But the thing is basically that you know when people say that you know we establish khilafa and then do these things, this is not the right order. It is not that you get khilafa and then you establish these things. The way in Islam always have been that people establish these things and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they pay the way for them for more things. Use your space properly and obey the command of Allah in Messenger, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you more space. If people think once they get the state and they implement Islam, this is not going to happen. First, people have to be believers. You know, the Quran, uh, uh, you know, Quranic way is, is very clear. And also you can see life of the Prophet He was offered in Makkah al-Mukarrama, if you want to become king, we'll make you king. But the Prophet did not accept the offer of being king by people of Makkah. Because reason is once you become king, it is not that you're going to implement. The thing is you have to change the heart of the people. So the values come in the heart of the people first and then after that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you more space, state comes and you defend Islam and you basically make those values deeper and deeper in the society. So it's state basically help is helping you to defend the values and keep in them in the society. I remember actually the story of Diyaul uh, Haq Shahir Rahmullah from Pakistan. Uh, he himself uh, you know, said in one of the statement, he said, you know, he made so much effort to make Islam, you know, important and the state, you know, state is helping so much for those things. So he said in one of the statements that when I was in the army, so I used to think that there is a war between Islam and Kufr. Once I become, you know, I get the authority, I become the president, then I will implement Islam. But when I came to the power, now I realize there is actually more war between Islam and 70 Islams before any war between Islam and Kufr. You know, Muslims are fighting each other. There are so many problems. People don't want Islam. You know, once Zawul Haq Shahid, he, he commanded that women must be in the field, covering, the, you know, properly. They must be in the jilbab. 
and there are some number of the, some you know I don't remember exactly number some women the protesters in Pakistan naked against his command if people don't want to release Islam how can implement it so the way is come to Iman come to Islam come to the prayer come to the fasting until those values become dearer to the heart of the believer then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will give actually the way for the people for you know give them more space and they can can implement Islam deeper and deeper Islam basically comes from the heart of the believers. If you could just provide us some guidance um, on the surface there is an apparent contradiction in this hadith in certain prayer verses in the Quran and Qarib. For instance, Surah Al Qarah talks about the equity of justice and the equity of the Nizam, which infers clearly the seal of these ayah refers to the multitude and the weight of actions. But this hadith infers the opposite. So, for example, someone performing good deeds all of their life and right in their last breath they must do something which is authoritative so can you explain that actually this is not a contradiction really one has to understand the meaning of the qadr and qadr and the destiny properly the way is Allah subhanahu commands for the, for the people is that they must obey him and they must obey the messenger. And those people who are believers and they do good deeds, they will go to paradise. And those people who do not believe and do, don't do good deeds, you know, they are disobedient. Either Allah Subhanahu will forgive them or they will go into the far, far of hell. That is the clear commands of Allah Subhanahu in the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu But at the same time, the Quran and Sunnah both agree that whatever people do, that basically is coming with the knowledge and with the power of Allah Subhanahu It is not that, you know, people, people are forced Allah Subhanahu power is there. Like, you know, for example, you know, when the Adhan is said, when Adhan is said, we are commanded to go for the prayer. But if I don't go, I, I can see I have power not to go to the prayer. But, you know, the, if I go, then I'm obedient. If I don't go, I'm not, I'm disobedient. But at the same time, whether I'm obedient or not obedient, that is written down in advance by Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala and it is something decided by, by Him. So this is the destiny of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala, but it does not contradict the freedom. The only problem remains really how these two things, the qadr, the destiny of what is written by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this thing and the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to do something, the freedom of the people and will, will of the people and the freedom of the choice, how both can go together. Simple thing is, this is something beyond our understanding. It is not contradiction. You know, it could be that something you don't understand. Certain things we don't understand. The time will come when we will understand properly. The day of judgment will understand properly. So the problem of the Qadr is not that it contradicts the command of the Quran Sunnah. The problem of Qadr is only one. It is beyond our understanding. That what is so important to believe. And you can see so clearly that basically Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's power is there all the time. You know, we did not choose our father and mother. Did we choose? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen for us our father and mother. People are born in the family of the believers. Have we chosen that? People are born in the family of the unbelievers. Have they chosen that? We have born with certain language. Have we chosen that? We have been born in certain land. Have we chosen that? We are born in certain time. Have we chosen that? 
you keep thinking again and again and there are so many things you meet certain person in, the, in your life who changes your life meeting with that person was chosen by you by chosen by someone else you keep looking at every event in your life you can see allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is cho- choosing for you to no doubt everything written by him everything done by him but at the same time people are responsible for their action and their the freedom and their will of the people the only thing is we don't understand how both go together that's only thing it is not contradiction it is beyond understanding beyond comprehension is it clear that why the prophet sallallahu said don't discuss this thing nobody ever has been able to solve the secret of the destiny nobody ever has been it is impossible for anybody and anybody who writes anything on this to solve the problem they make it much more complicated in one of the great scholars of india maula maududi rahimullah taala no doubt great scholar he has written a book qada wa qadar about this to solve the problem but when he solve the problem it become another problem because what he is solving is he is saying for example if a blind person he is going and there is a well there and you know that he is going to fall in the well and you write down that this person after 5 minutes he is going to fall in the well and then he falls in the well he cannot blame your writing because you know in advance but this is not what qadar is qadar is not only the prior knowledge of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala qadar is also his doing he creates the thing he makes people to go paradise and to paradise for afel the hadith are so much clear so the way of the believer always is to believe allah knows in advance allah has written in advance and allah is the creator of every action but at the same time people are responsible for whatever they do how these two things go together it is something beyond our comprehension beyond our understanding but one day the time will come when will you understand you know ta'wil and interpretation of everything is not in our life something you can understand when you die you know how death comes this thing nobody can know before the death you will know when you die what happens in the grave you only can know fully when you are in the grave what happens on the day of judgment you only can know fully when you are in the day of judgment what enjoyment people have in paradise you can understand fully when you are in paradise what punishment in the far of hell you only can understand properly when you see it so there are tawil of the things they, for example a child a child who can never can know what the enjoyment of relation between men and women means having he never can know he only will know when he become adult before that time he will never know the tawil of that will come on its right time so similarly the tawil how qada and qadar and how people are being able and responsible for the action both go together this tawil never can be understood by anybody before their death it will be known one day but after the death that why no prophet no messenger ever has been have taught people how the secret is solved because they are forbid people not to discuss this thing. so know this thing very clearly the matter of the qada and qadar is not against understanding as reasoning it is beyond understanding beyond reasoning it is something we never can comprehend we hope you enjoyed this episode to help us create more content like this and more please consider supporting us by donating whatever you can please visit www.cambridgeislamiccollege.org and click the donate button jazakallahu khairan